0: Hey everyone, Becky from the SHIFT team here, and we're back with a new mini-episode to help everyone with some quick lessons to get great ideas and tools for gymnastics. Top tips on how to navigate puberty in gymnastics. This week's mini-podcast episode features Dr. Ellen Casey, who is the sports medicine physician for the U.S. Women's Senior National Team, and frequent flyer on the podcast, Nick Ruddock. Ellen, Nick, and Dave tackle an open, honest, and candid conversation about puberty, growth, and how we can better help younger athletes during this time.
1: One of the parts of adolescence is puberty. And what's so interesting about this being such a hard time for athletes is that when you look at what happens and some of the changes, a lot of them seem quite you know, um, positive, really. So during adolescence, because of physical Mental and social changes, there's really an opportunity to develop skill strength improves in the long run coordination and sort of the ability to synthesize complex complex tasks for athletes can improve there can be improvement in both aerobic and anaerobic power and capacity so all of these things can enhance performance the challenge though is that the brain sometimes needs to catch up to these very rapid physical changes and so it's that um, you know growth period that i think is so uncomfortable for the athlete the coach you know certainly in the parents sometimes um but puberty itself is really characterized um, and driven by changes in hormones Um, you
0: have to remember that from a neurological point of view you were used to having arms that were this long and now you have long plus two inches so your brain's like what is happening right (laughs) coordination issues and you lose strength and power because the length ten, tension relationships of those muscles are now what not optimal they're not like really where they sat before so that's why you lose strength and strength is a function of power with velocity that's why you lose power because the muscles themselves are think about like how strong your arm is when it's completely extended like you can't exert as much force from end range and mid range is where you are so when you have that rapid growth the muscles themselves have a problem first, maybe like a a a physio has told you like, Hey, we need a month on this where we can't, we can't do a lot of aggressive kicks or leaps. Like what are the things as a coach that you're thinking about? Okay, how can I use the time? Or like, what do you think we need to focus on as, as coaches during these, like, you know, first hot, so to speak, two to three months.
2: Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there when you said that um, there's always opportunities that you can find to work on things that you hadn't previously had time to do. Because we're all, it doesn't matter how many hours we're in the gym, and I know that kind of, there's a big debate about how many hours that should be, but it doesn't matter how many hours there are, we always as coaches seem to want more, right? And and that's because we can't fit everything in that we want to. So you kind of got to see these opportunities in some ways as a gift. You've been gifted a, a month period, a two-month period, where actually now you're a- able to focus on something which normally doesn't get any attention or as much attention as it needs to, and you've now got the opportunity to 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 i don't know want to say fix it but but to work on that and and then ultimately, when the athlete does recover from whatever uh injury or kind of period they're going through, they might be better off because of it because they've had this investment of time and One thing that we've certainly seen in the pandemic is everyone was was terrified about having months off, and actually you guys know this as well as I do, probably more so. We've got so many athletes around the world saying, you know what? For some reason, and I don't quite understand why, I feel better than I did beforehand. And we're and all of us are going, okay, what's going on here? <laughs> that that that's not in the textbook. That wasn't supposed to happen. Um, and we've made this assumption that you know Jim can't rest properly. And like you said, just because they have an injury, or maybe they're um, you know, they're seeing or seeking medical treatment for one particular aspect of their training doesn't mean they need to sit at home and not participate in sport. We have to adapt to what they can do in the gym anyway. So it's not just, you know, let's cut all our losses. Let's go home. We're not gonna train for two months. There's always things that we can do. now, for, for a lot of athletes, that could be working on the handstand line. It could be improving the, the shoulder range of motion. If it's a hip issue, for example, it could be, as you mentioned before, um, ankle range. There's so many different things that that don't get the desired attention um, or the res- sorry the required attention that they that they deserve. And so we've just got to look for as many opportunities as we can and help manage the athlete's expectation. I'm going to keep coming back to that because I think that's the most important thing here. Is as frustrating it is for, as for a coach it's nowhere near as frustrating as it is for right. the athlete who sees that.
1: The very first menstrual cycle that a female has is called menarche. And the normal time to have that can it be anywhere from eight years. And normal to be you know categorized as normal, you should have it by the time you are 15 years old. So it is very common for gymnasts not to get their period by that time. And it's common for them to not get it, for even the amount of time that they're in the sport. And I want to repeat, while that is common, it's not physiologically normal. And um, we do need to pay attention to that because there is a widespread belief that gymnasts don't get their period or runners or whatever, you know, other highly trained female athletes are. And again, it's common, but it signifies, it certainly can signify that there's not enough um, nutrition and energy available for the athlete to have, you know, the the calories on board to have a menstrual cycle, repair tissue that's, you know, been broken down with training, build bone, um, and all of those things kind of uh, collectively are what we know as the female athlete triad. Um, And so for gymnasts, we know that, that the onset of puberty and the menstrual cycle is later. Um, there've been some studies to compare elite athletes to, you know, the normal, um, you know, regular girls. And so elite athletes are more likely to be in that 15, 16, 17 year old age
2: range. I totally agree. I mean, we, we know that the athletes will pick up on every change in our behavior, our change in language, our change in body language, our frustrations, you know, this is, that's just how we work. We're able to pick up on those things and the kids definitely do. They don't miss a thing. so, yeah, if the attitude towards growth is is one that makes the athlete feel guilty for something that they don't have any control over. then I think they're in a really we're in a really bad position as a coach. Like that's just absolutely not what we should be doing. Um, there's so much uncertainty for the athlete already around that period and then the fears that might be going through their head. I mean, the last thing that we should be doing as a coach is is making them feel guilty about that process. So, yeah, managing expectations, reassuring them, normalizing it. Um, you know, it's just the it's best. It's just good coaching. It's just best practice. Yeah. I don't. I, I don't know why anyone would not want to do that. I
1: mean, you know, as a female athlete who was really not excited to get her period, you know, when that when that happened, I mean, I can empathize. It is not a fun kind of concept to think about dealing with. It seems like a hassle, but what I have since learned and really appreciate is that you know. Female athletes have one way to kind of monitor their workload that males really don't, because if you have your period and it's regular and the cycles are regular and you just you know kind of track it on an app or your calendar, you can know. Um, that you're probably getting enough nutrition. You're probably managing your workload. It doesn't mean everything's perfect, but that is almost a superpower, if you will, that you get to be able to track that. We don't, you know, males don't have the equivalent. And so as much as it's thought of as like, oh, this is the worst and we have to kind of deal, deal, you know, female athletes have this additional barrier. And I'm not discounting that. I certainly felt that, too. But it's an amazing inherent tracking system for if you're fueling properly and you're recovering properly.
0: What do you think younger coaches should be focusing on?
2: Okay, so, yeah, yeah, with younger athletes ultimately ultimately, I mean, basics is a broad word. It can mean an awful lot of different things. But for the benefit of what we're trying to talk about here, which is transitioning as many young athletes through to senior athletes as possible, let's just to say that's the objective. And that should be everyone's objective, of course, is, is about long-term performance, not short-term performance. So whenever we're making decisions, it should be based around what's the best thing for this particular athlete in the long term, not can they get through level five in two weeks' time, Um, Not that they're injured, but we're going to push them through level six anyway. It's no. What's their long term potential? That's what we need to base these decisions around. Um, Basically, what I think that we need to be concentrating on a lot of it is movement, general movement competency. And I know this crosses over massively between gymnastics and um, and the work that you do in the PT world and physiotherapy, etc. But general movement competency and shape, because what we what we can say is that if you haven't established great movement and great shape before puberty then you're probably going to really struggle when the gymnast is out the other side because it doesn't get any easier. You know, when when those bones do lengthen and inevitably you're going to get some some more tension, you're going to lose flexibility. Those, you know, losing flexibility and mobility will not help shape, you know. And when I say shape here, I'm not talking about the aesthetics of how. A gymnast looks, I'm talking about the specific shapes that we require to perform gymnastics, such as a handstand, such as a hollow position, such as an arch position. Um, you know, the, going through the motions of doing a, a giant swing, for example. That's what I say when, when I'm talking about shape. Okay, so we, we really need to make sure that we establish as good a foundation of general good movement, mechanics, if you like, and shape as possible, Pre puberty, before the athletes go through that period of peak height velocity, which I'm sure we're going to talk about, um, because that gives them the very best chance of being able to kind of hit the ground running throughout that whole period, really, and, and when they get around the, um, through the, the other
1: broad side. Broad strokes the, the possible negatives are injury. Um, and then not forming enough bone during a time when you're building all the bone you're going to have for your whole life, which can affect you, you know, much later on, um, throughout the rest of your life. And then just being so frustrated that people leave the sport. Um, and so we I mentioned the female athlete triad before. Um, there's also another term called um relative energy deficiency in sport. They're similar concepts in that um athletic performance and health depends on adequate nutrition for the type of training that an athlete is doing. And in female athletes, if you're not getting enough nutrition to support the demands of your sport and all the functions your body needs to do. You will not get your period or stop having your period. Estrogen in your body is low and bone needs estrogen to heal. So every time we do gymnastics, we break down some of our bone and then our body builds it up. It's a pretty cool process about bone and in our tissues that constantly are being remodeled. But if you don't have the right hormones and nutrition in your body, you can't build it back up. And that's when of course these stress fractures can happen. Um, And, you know, As much as we've talked about, you've said, I think the majority of people are doing these this well. And then there's, you know, some who aren't. Mm. Another
2: thing is, I think with the athletes is is using great examples of of great athletes that are in their 20s, 30s, some of them and performing at their peak Mm. and saying, you know, like you're you're 10 years old and you're stressing about these things now. But look look at this. Look at this particular athlete, you know, competing for Germany or Netherlands or France or, or whatever, wherever they're 27 years old and they're competing at the Olympics or they're doing a world championships. And so, you know, you've not been alive for the same period that they've been training. So just be patient, you know, and and coach, we've got to remember that as well. Fortunately, the average age of international competitors is increasing. That can only be a good thing for the sport. And it means that we're able to buy a bit more time at the beginning and say, well, you know what? We don't need these skills for 15 years old. We don't need this athlete to be in their peak at 16. They could, they could be in their peak at 28, 29, 30 years old as well. And that's got to be reassuring for everybody. But only if the young athletes know that themselves.
1: You know, and, and just to reiterate, it, this is puberty is normal and it is temporary. And it's our job as adults, um, you know, to help the athlete going through it, to understand that this is not forever and give very concrete strategies to, you know, how to move through this process health healthily and come out you know, even stronger than than they were before. Or potentially and the catapult analogy is just amazing because um, I think that's you know people can really understand what's happening and see how that's really very a uh, short period for you know potentially a lot of gains. Um, and trying to, you know, avoid it or prevent it is is just way worse than going through it, you know, to to begin with. So um, that's certainly, you know, the parting thoughts. And and I think for you know parents and coaches, if you have concerns or questions about it, involving um, a dialogue with you know, a sports medicine physician who has expertise in this area, certainly talking with the physical therapists, if they're working with them, sports dietitians, there's exercise physiologists, I mean, by no means do you need a huge team at all times. But there are people um, that, you know, do these very specific skills. And it's, it's great to ask for help or a consultant if you're not sure of what's going on, if it's normal, or how you can help your athlete through it.
0: Hopefully you enjoyed this mini podcast episode. Let us know if it was helpful and if you have any suggestions of what you'd like to learn about next.